Let's continue reading verses 13 through 26 of Joshua chapter 7. Now in the second half of Joshua 7, we have the systematic discovery that Achan was the culprit who robbed from the treasure of Jericho. We see that Achan was taken and stoned to death as judgment for his sin. Joshua chapter 7, beginning now at verse 13. Get up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come by households. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerahites. And he brought the family of the Zerahites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. Then he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord, God of Israel, and make confession to him, and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Once again, let's begin with some background notes. The name Ai means ruins, but the ruins of Ai, believe it or not, are still not located by archaeologists with certainty. The traditional site of Etel has certain dating and directional problems associated with its location. Now, recently, another site known as Kirbet el Makater has been proposed and is being further excavated this summer. In any case, Israel was defeated at Ai after a major victory at Jericho. The Canaanites were not stronger. Israel was weaker. We've seen that they were defeated because of disobedience, because of overconfidence, because of no communication with the Lord. What a lesson for us. Now, here in the second half of Joshua 7, it's found out that Achan is the root of the problem. Achan had not only hidden the stolen goods, he tried to hide the truth as well until the last minute. 
Finally, he confessed his sin to Joshua when he was found out, verses 19 through 21. Now, it might seem at first that the judgment of Achan was too harsh. Achan and his family were stoned to death, and then their bodies were burned with fire. Well, before you jump to the conclusion that God was too harsh with his judgment concerning Achan, remember these points. Number one, Achan was directly responsible for the deaths of at least 36 men, maybe more, as we see back in verse 5. Number two, Achan had robbed God. He had not just robbed Jericho, he had robbed God because the precious metals of Jericho were designated for God's treasury. Number three, Achan never repented. Yes, he confessed, but the text never says that he showed remorse and repented. Number four, the Bible doesn't specifically say his wife was stoned. However, she was probably in on the robbery and was probably part of the judgment. It's pretty hard to bury stuff in the middle of your tent without your wife being in on the robbery. And the same is true of the children, especially since the law said in Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse 16, fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. In any case, after the judgment, we read that the anger of the Lord subsided. Verse 26. More we could say for background, but it's time now to move to our doctrine or teaching points. Doctrine or teaching point number one. Believers must scrutinize their lives for the sin causing defeat. Believers must scrutinize their lives for the sin causing defeat. The Lord could have easily pointed out Achan to Joshua as the root of the problem. But the Lord chose to have Israel go through a systematic examination in order to locate Achan. Most likely, this was done by drawing lots, and God controlled the results. As the tribes passed in review, the lot for the tribe of Judah was taken. As the families of Judah passed in review, slowly but surely the lots zeroed in on Achan. Verses 16 through 18. Why did God select this method for Joshua and Israel to find out Achan? Why not just point him out? Well, it certainly gave Achan a chance to come forward and voluntarily confess and repent before he was discovered. Maybe if Achan had voluntarily come forward, maybe God would have shown mercy, as when King David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Furthermore, this slow selection process would also give all of Israel a chance to examine themselves before the Lord. And this is always good for spiritual health. Look back at verse 13. This whole process would have a sobering effect on all of Israel. And then, of course, there's the spiritual lesson for us, our doctrinal point. Believers must scrutinize their lives for the sin-causing defeat. When we suffer defeat in our lives as believers, we must let our lives pass in review, as it were, before the spotlight of God's word. Listen to the words of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, get it now, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let me ask you, 
Are you suffering defeat right now and you don't know where the problem is? Then scrutinize your life before the Word of God. Let your life pass in review before the spotlight of God's Word. All aspects of your life, your business life, your social life, your sex life, your Christian service life, your public life, your private life. Scrutinize all aspects of your life before the spotlight of God's Word. You know, this is what David meant in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Are you willing to pray that prayer? As God step-by-step revealed Achan the Troubler, so God will reveal the sin-causing defeat in your life. And sometimes it's in an area where you least expect there's a problem. Just as no one thought this problem would show up in the tribe of Judah of all places. A major tribe, a prestigious tribe. Let your life pass in review. Believers must scrutinize their lives for the sin-causing defeat. Doctrinal point number two. Believers must deal decisively with the sin-causing defeat. Believers must deal decisively with the sin-causing defeat. It was one thing to pinpoint Achan as the troubler, but now the problem must be judged and eliminated before Israel can move on. In the same way, we must not only scrutinize our lives and locate the sin that is causing defeat, we must eliminate this sin. Now, the judgment of Achan may seem harsh to us, but if this sin hadn't been dealt with decisively, it would have invariably opened up the door for all kinds of toleration of sin in the future. Do you see the lesson? We must deal decisively with the sin-causing defeat. So if you're spending too much time in your business so that you're robbing God of his time, then you've got to cut back. You've got to take drastic action even if your business suffers. If certain TV shows or videos are causing a problem in your life, then don't watch them. Throw them out. Maybe even literally get rid of your TV. I know a Christian man who literally did that. Now that's taking decisive action. That's taking drastic action. Believers must deal decisively with the sin causing defeat. This is what our Lord meant in Matthew 18, verses 8 and 9. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Now, our Lord did not mean to take that literally. He means take drastic action. He meant our doctrinal point right here. Believers must deal decisively with the sin-causing defeat. There certainly is a collective application here as well. Church and ministry leaders many times must deal with sin decisively. At Emmaus Bible College, occasionally we must suspend or expel a student from the college because of some sin. Church elders sometimes have to put a person out of fellowship because of sin. Before the Lord, they must deal decisively with sin. It's not pleasant. 
And there's always going to be people that think it's too harsh. Believers must deal decisively with sin causing defeat. Practical application. Don't travel the Aiken Trail. Don't travel the Aiken Trail. What's the Aiken Trail, anyway? It's in verse 21. I saw, I coveted, I took. Don't travel the Aiken Trail. David traveled the Aiken Trail. 2 Samuel chapter 11. He saw Bathsheba. He coveted Bathsheba. He took Bathsheba. Eve traveled the Aiken Trail. Genesis chapter 3. She saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes. She desired it because it would make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And we know the rest of the story. Don't travel the Aiken Trail. Let me ask you, are you on the Aiken Trail right now? Have you seen something and you're coveting something? And it's just a matter of time before you take that something? Some people think they can travel the Aiken Trail and not get burned. Here's what James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 says. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Don't think you can travel the Aiken Trail and get away with it. You will destroy yourself and others around you. Don't travel the Aiken Trail.